0: Hello friends, this is Pastor Pierce Eaton, and you're listening to First and Foremost, a podcast where we give you teaching and tools to make Jesus Christ first and foremost in your life. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Extras. This is part of the podcast where I unpack extra tidbits and information from my sermon preparation that I wasn't able to get to on Sunday. And this Sunday, my sermon was on worship, the spiritual discipline of worship. Go back and listen to the sermon if you have not heard it. There's some important context for this discussion of what I'm going to talk about that you need to hear and so the, the reason uh, why you need to go back and listen to that is because I want to talk about music or musical forms of worship. And as I stated in my sermon on Sunday, music is not the only form of worship. So often in churches, we talk about the musical portion of the worship service, and we refer to that as the worship time. But actually, everything we do in a worship service is worship, and there are many other forms and expressions of worship that one can do outside of just a worship service, but music certainly is a form of worship as well, or at least it can be if it's motivated by the heart of worship to glorify God through that act, and music itself is commanded of us to do in Scripture or to do it in worship of God, to sing, to make music as a form of worship, an act of worship to God. Now, in talking about music today, I want to talk about the universality of music. A Harvard study in 2019 found that music truly appears to be universal. It's a common phrase that people would say that music is universal, it's a universal language. But this Harvard study done in 2019 sought to verify whether that was a truthful statement or not. Is music truly universal? They looked at the historical records of 315 cultures, some modern and some historical. They looked at the historical records of 315 cultures and found that music played some role in every single culture. Now, while they didn't look at every culture ever in history, I don't think they would ever have the ability to do that. While they didn't do that, they looked at these 315 and found that every one of them had some form of music. Now, one of the things that they did is they looked at 85 existing cultures today and listened to recordings of their music to see if there were common trends in the music that each culture had. And they specifically listened to lullabies and listen to dance songs from each culture. And the reason why they listen to those different songs is because they, they really serve different functions, opposite functions, within a society. A lullaby is sung to a child to calm them, and a dance song is sung or, or made in order to get people dancing and moving around and excited. And in looking at these 85 cultures and listening to their recordings, they found that both types of songs had a similar expression throughout all the cultures observed. That lullabies all sounded similar, regardless of the culture they came from, or dance songs were all similar, regardless of the culture they came from. Now, while they shared similarities... They also, of course, had their differences. But this is amazing because it highlights something that we can see in Scripture. And that is the truth that music is universal because God loves to be worshipped through music. God loves music. And if God loves music and we're made in His image and likeness, then we will naturally, as humans, made in His image, love music As well. To highlight how God loves music, I want to point you to um, a few Bible passages. Psalm 40, verse 3 says, He, speaking of God, says, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. So the psalmist is stating that God gave him a new song. Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. So we see that there's this this joyful expression to the Lord through music that all of the earth is commanded to make. Zephaniah three seventeen speaks of God. It's actually um, God saying this. He says he, that He will exult over us with loud singing. That God actually sings over His people that God makes music himself. And then of course in Colossians 3:16 God's people, the church is commanded to sing, to make music. Colossians 3:16 says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving or sorry with thankfulness in your hearts to God." So, God loves music, and his people are commanded to express our worship to him through music. Although musical forms of worship are not the only forms of worship, God loves to be worshiped with music. Now, music is cultural. While it is universal, every culture's expression of music is different. It it just is. You know, if you go to China and you compare Chinese music against Korean music, they're going to sound different. If you compare um, country music in in the south of the United States against uh, maybe like the punk rock of the Northwest, they're going to sound different because they come from different cultures. They're different expressions. Music is cultural. And knowing this and understanding this means that there is not only one type of music that God gets glory from. Now I know that this is just logical. We know this that why would there only be one type of music that God gets glory from? We we know this. This but knowing this also means that there will be more than one type of music in heaven. Because people from every nation, tribe and tongue will be in heaven worshipping God through music, at least as part of our worship. To God in heaven. And the reason why I even bring this up is because we can so often get caught up in our preference of music that we lose sight of the actual heart and desire of the music, which is to worship. We can get so wrapped up in our cultural liking and expressions of this worship music that we lose sight of the heart of worship. One of the most divisive issues in the modern Western church today is the style of music on Sunday. It's really quite sad that this is one of the most divisive issues. Some claim that their preferred style of music is the only God-honoring style while another person believes that their style, their different style of music is the only God-honoring style. And people will get upset and they will leave a church because the music does not fit their preferences. I mean, I have quite literally had conversations with people who have expressed this to me. I had a conversation with someone once that told me that they were no longer a part of a church because the music was too loud and that the youth group got too rowdy during the musical worship. But on the flip side of that, I've heard young people tell me before that they uh, could not worship to hymns or songs unless they were made modern and done with a full band, because in their phrase um, that... Songs that are just done with an organ or piano are, quote, devoid of the Spirit. Can you see how statements like these on either side, statements like these are not actually statements about what glorifies God. These are statements about our preferences. My response to that, what I've tried to do anytime someone's brought up their musical preferences to me is I ask the question, but isn't God worthy of your worship regardless of whether that specific song is one you like or not? The answer to that question is yes. He is worthy regardless of whether we like the music we're singing or not. We have created such a consumer mindset within the American church that people think the music to God should actually be about them. That when they gather with God's people and sing music to God, that if it doesn't fit their preferences, that it somehow doesn't honor God. My goodness, how sad. Now, Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the music doesn't matter. I actually think it matters a lot. And I'm not saying that your preferences do not matter. It is okay to have preferences. I have preferences. You have preferences. Everyone has preferences in different ways and capacities and and, and avenues of their life. We cannot get around that. We are people who have preferences. It's okay to have preferences, but we need to be sure that we are seeing our preferences for what they are, which is that they are just preferences. If we have a heart of worship, then the musical style should matter far less than the proclamation of truth in the music. And this is actually what I'm personally most interested in is the proclamation of what the music is saying. Do the lyrics of the music proclaim the excellencies of God accurately? Does the music accurately describe who God is? Does the music focus on God or is it all focused on me? Is it all focused on uh, on the person singing the song? If the music is not my preferred style, I ask myself this question. Is God worthy of my praise in this moment, regardless of what I think about this song? Let me tell you, the answer is always yes. So, I hope this helps you see musical worship for what it is. It is a cultural expression. We have our preferences about it, but God is always worthy of it. So regardless of whether on Sunday, your church is playing the music you like or not, the question is, what are you bringing to God as your offering of worship? Is he worthy of it? Even if you don't like the song, yes, he is. Thank you for listening. As always, please share this, subscribe, and review the podcast. I'll see you later this week to answer some of the questions you guys have written into the show. And once again, if you have questions you want me to answer on the podcast, then go to our website, fbctc.com, and you can answer or ask your questions there. Look forward to seeing you later this week. God bless.